welcome in to wide receivers on the down. Uh, right after the NFL draft, we got wide receivers that took a big hit in our ranks and in our minds, uh, guys whose value is just plummeting, and uh, we're going to tell you about them. We each are bringing one guy to the table, Danny, Corey, and Lucas. Welcome to the video. Yeah, uh, unlike the Bulls where we just love them and they're going up, uh, the Bears are just craw clawing down, clawing down. I mean, they're plummeting in value. Uh, I mean, if you guys know the stock market, Bulls and Bears, all that shit, except fantasy football. But they're not actually used to be talked about regular commodities. They're talked about as the market in general. But okay. I feel like okay. some, okay. some know-it-all being the thing you like. You guys know that Bears and Bulls aren't single stocks, right? Yes, hey. we know that. It's just more, bulls. It's more thematic this way. Hey, that's why I barely passed accounting. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, completely different topic of accounting in the stock market. I guess yeah, I don't Lucas, know. Ah, that's Lucas, financial either way. Lucas, I account on you to tell me who's going down in your mind. Uh, Corbin Sutton is my is my stock down, uh, but oh. it can also easily be a stock up depending on how the offense pans out. Obviously, Jerry Judy um, is allegedly going to play the slot, but KJ Hamler's damn not fucking near playing outside um he's gonna be a five foot seven receiver he's playing the slot so judy will probably play outside quote Sutton will probably play outside but the reason i have to stock down is actually because uh he was really not really bad he was not as good with um drew lock as he was with brandon allen and joe flacco um that's, that's address drew lock by his full legal name please Oh, yeah, sorry. Horsecock, Drew Locke. Sorry, I was confused for a second. <laughs> With Drew Locke, uh, the five games that Drew Locke started, obviously, only 12.4 PPR points per game. As a wide receiver, one of the, I think it was a 28% market share. Not good. That's, that's not – it's like six catches, 60 yards, or a touchdown or something like that. However you com combine it in there. And then without Drew Locke during his, I guess, breakout, you could say, uh, 11 games, 14.58 fantasy points. So if you take just put the game, games with Drew Locke, 12.4, and then you add in Jerry Judy, uh, KJ Hamler, Albert O, Melvin Gordon, I can't envision it going any higher than 12 points per game. Obviously, like some games, he might put up 20, whatever. But like the overall um, ceiling for his fantasy points, I think is capped at like a wide receiver two, uh, maybe like a wide receiver 16 range, I would say is like a ceiling. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, he's going to be there long term. He's a free agent in 2022, but they're not going to let him go. It'll be Judy and Sutton from here on out. But I don't uh, – the old, the part that concerns me is right along with the Drew Locke numbers is, is Locke going to favor him or Judy more? We don't know uh, until we see it. So I could easily be wrong, and he could easily be the true number one receiver. But something tells me Judy fits the scheme a little bit better of Pat Shermer. Uh, yeah. For sure. I mean, from a talent standpoint, again, uh, the year he was coming out, Sutton was a top three receiver for me. I think he's a talented, talented player, but – Again, you mentioned the splits with Locke were definitely a concern, and they literally added two receivers in the first two rounds, one of which Jerry Judy is going to command over 100 targets in his first year alone. So uh, the volume is just simply not going to be there for him to really take that wide receiver one type step. So you're getting a guy, like you're, you're basically drafting him, I don't want to say at his ceiling right now, but basically at his ceiling. Like it, I don't want to say it, but like it's hard not to because – uh, I don't think he presents that top 10 type upside. Like, a, for example, like a DJ Moore or like uh, even an Allen Robinson, like going around the same range. So uh, while I love the talent, it's hard to argue that uh, his value is going to increase at all, especially with those moves. So uh, I'm more so I'm, I'm more so on the side where Lucas said, if I'm wrong, it'll be because of this reason. I think the offense is going to be really good. So agreed. 
I don't know. I, I don't know if his like I'm I, I I'm 100 in agreement. He's not going to have what did you, uh, what would you say his target share was? I think it was right around 28. I, mean, I don't. Yeah, like that's that. probably he probably had a top five target share in the NFL last year. Like unless you're Corey Davis, you can't uh, handle those numbers and then and not see some regression. But uh, um, like we mentioned with Terry McLaurin, uh, the Terry McLaurin argument in the last video, Sutton was the only guy there. Like Deshaun Hamilton was not good. Like they had Tim Patrick and other guys. Like there's competition now. And Jerry Judy, I unlike Danny, I was not high on Corlin Sutton coming out. I didn't think he was very good. I was obviously wrong about that because he's a talented player. But to me, Jerry Judy projects more favorably to a volume role than Sutton does. I think if you look at Pat Shermer's scheme, um, you, it's easy to envision that Sutton plays the digs role, which doesn't see very much volume. It's more about efficiency and downfield targets. And Judy plays kind of Adam Thielen's role. Even if he's not in the slot as much, I still think he's going to get more volume than Sutton. Maybe not right away, but in the future. Yeah. I mean, this team added three, three drafted um, wide receivers. So clearly they felt there was a clear need to, to address it. Uh, uh, grab as many guys as possible. Cause obviously we have the obvious uh, KJ Hamler and, and Jerry Judy. But in the seventh round, they got Tyree Cleveland. And will Cleveland provide that much of an effect? Probably not. Uh, but it just shows that Denver was was clear to address their wide receiver position. Again, like you were saying, a Stephon Diggs role is, is, a, is a wonderful role um, in real-life NFL. It doesn't really – it's not awesome fantasy-wise. We've never but, seen him – we've never seen Diggs be more than like – like, I don't know. I, if I had to guess, I'd say his best finish is like wide receiver like 8 to 10, if I had to guess, yeah, Stephon I mean, Diggs. Yeah, so I think if Sutton has like a role like that, he's going to need some touchdowns to get him up there. Yeah. Uh, which it, I feel like red zone wise, I mean, it's why you have no fans. It's what's so, I mean, that, that's just my opinion. You have, Alberto. Um, you got, you got your Albert running backs too, that, that can score for you. So I, I, I think there's so many options that, that touchdowns aren't going to be ridiculously high, which does drop his value a little bit. Either way, like I'll say it and I'll say it again. I mean, I think that offense is going to be fantastic that, uh, next year. It's just when I look at it, I mean, I don't think he's going to be uh, basically much higher than where he's going right now. So if you're getting a guy, you're drafting basically at his ceiling. I mean, that's how you uh, you get your left disappointed in fantasy football. So, uh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah uh, I'll go, I'll, uh, go into what? mine because mine's a little bit of a hot take too, like Lucas's. Uh, I have Juju Smith-Schuster. I know a lot of people – Every time you hear a Juju Smith-Schuster article about dy- or, um, argument about dynasty, it's always, well, he did this at such a young age, right? It's, it's always about his age. It's always about what he did at age 21, 22. And while that's all well and good, his team is not giving us some good signals. Like the, the Steelers have shown their cards a little bit. There's been multiple reports saying that Juju Smith-Schuster is not going to be re-signed by uh, Pittsburgh, which is a bad thing. What, like I know there's a chance he goes to a better offense and like, but all in all, the people who sign big money free agents are usually bad teams. So there's a higher chance he goes to a shit team like the Jets or like whatever. The that, Dolphins. Uh, yeah, that isn't going to use him correctly or the they're going to expect too much of him or they're going to put him in a role that he's not suited for. Either way, he regressed last year. He, like, he was banged up. He, like, he just didn't look right. And I know he didn't have his quarterback, but at the same time, Deontay Johnson basically broke out with a shit quarterback. So if Juju Smith-Schuster was really as good as we thought he was, he, he still would have provided those games that made you see, okay, there's Juju Smith-Schuster. He had like one or two at the beginning of the year and then kind of disappeared after that. So he kind of like, I, I don't want to use the, he struggled to become the number one argument because I think it's a little bit overblown, but there might be some validity to it because he did, he, he did struggle to be the number one essentially. So, 
I think we saw the the real tie to the hip that Big Big Ben is for him. So honestly, if he doesn't, I don't really think Big Ben makes it past next year um, as the starting NFL quarterback. So dynasty wise, long term, no thank you. If if they do bring him back, I, I'm good. Um, in, unless they land some awesome quarterback, and then Jameis. What was that? I think I think Jameis Winston's going to Pittsburgh next year. Like I, I don't know why. I just think it's going to happen. Um, I think camp size there. The thing, the thing with the Steelers that I think it's we're not bashing Juju's talent or you could say dynasty ranking because he's only 22. Like he's going to be in the league for a long time. It's they don't have the cap space to bring him back. Like they, they physically don't. James Conner is also a free agent. There's not a Juju if they somehow come up with the money is the priority to James Conner. Just straight up is. And Chase Claypool being drafted doesn't look well for his – yeah, like I have a couple other points here. Like James Conner – or not James Conner. Juju, if they were comfortable, if they wanted to bring back Juju, I think they would have already done it, to be honest, because he's shown the production in his career thus far that would warrant a second contract. And um, the other thing that can't be understated is they lost some pieces on their offensive line, and everyone assumes the Steelers are just going to have an elite offensive line. And when you have guys that uh, – when you have losses like that, that's how we see um, certain people – um, have their uh, seasons derailed and you're disappointed in fantasy. Look at pretty much the whole Rams offense last year. Um, yeah, one thing else, too, that um, I wanted to mention is I don't think the run game is going to be very good next year. And if the run game isn't very good, then that obviously telegraphs what you're going to do is pass the ball. And next year, I, I'm not going to be avoiding him in redraft leagues, but this is more so of a long-term thing, obviously, because I think after this year, he's not going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. And that like the Steelers are a good organization. They're a good team usually. And they're the place you want players to go to, not the place you want to see your players leave from. Uh, yeah, I was going to add to that. Sorry. Uh, Chase Claypool, they didn't just draft him at 49th overall to not play a factor. They've stated it after they drafted him. We're not moving him to tight end. Like a lot of reports were, oh, maybe they move him to tight end. No, they've said, oh, we want Chase Claypool as our outside receiver. He's 6'4", 240 pounds. He can run. He's a talented player uh, to really put on their outside. So they didn't just draft him to play outside receiver, uh, expecting to bring back Juju Smith-Schuster, in my opinion. You just don't invest a second-round pick in a a guy like that when you already have Deontay Johnson, who broke out last year, James Washington, who basically already plays the wide receiver three role. If they wanted to bring Juju back, they would have by now. They wouldn't have just drafted Claypool. So I'm with you in that. I think uh, Juju is gone after this year. Uh, and typically speaking, when I'm drafting guys who have one year left and I'm not sure where they're going to end up, I usually tend to devalue them in terms of uh, where, the, where the rest of the consensus is going. So, I mean, we've seen Aaron Jones. Uh, it was a big example in our previous video. Uh, I don't like taking chances on guys that are on one-year contracts simply because if I'm drafting them in a good situation at this current point in time, what if that situation ends up being dog crap next year? What if he ends up on, like, I don't know uh, – He's the Jets. I always rip on them. Yeah. yeah. What, what if he lands on the Jets? Like, what, what are we going to do there? Right? So, uh, I, d- I completely agree there. Uh, the Pittsburgh system is a great system. Juju Schuster has shown that he can produce in that system. However, how long is he going to last in that system for? So, Plus, Deontay Johnson came on, too. So, there's sure. also the volume argument, too. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to – I don't think I'm, gonna, I'm ready to say Deontay Johnson's the number one because I think Juju Smith-Schuster is still better than Deontay Johnson. But there's a chance that changes. But, like, this time next year, we might put in – we might be like, oh, yeah, Deontay Johnson was the better receiver. Yeah. But I don't know yet. So Juju's going to play the slot. And Clay, like, moving Claypool to the outside wasn't devaluing Juju's role. Like, he was efficient in the slot with Antonio Brown. Not that that's why he was bad uh, last year. Like, because he played the outside, the team just sucked. Um, but, yeah, I, it's just interesting. 
because that's like the best player this team has had since Antonio Brown or like most hopeful player you could say uh, with, with no attitude issues or no, they've had no problems with him compared to the rest of their skill position players. Um, yeah. Um, it's just uh, surprising that they're not going to resign him. And maybe that's not true. Maybe that report's not true, but um, well, they just don't have the money. That, is right true, that really makes me nervous why they're not resigning him because I know he had a down year and he was banged up last year, but, his production profile to the point of his career that he's at, like very few receivers have done what he's done. And he's like, I think he's still 23 years old. 20, yeah, yeah, he's 20, 22, 23 years old. And just two like years, two years younger years than Van Jefferson. Yeah. He, he's 22, 23 years old. And he's, he, he already has a 1,400-yard season on his uh, belt. But uh, segueing into my guy, sorry, because I, I think we uh, bashed on Juju enough. Similar to Lucas, I'm bashing on a guy that's on, on, on the team that I, I, I cheer for. It's uh, Amari Cooper for me. Uh, Again, when I look at it from a talent perspective, I think we can all come to agreement that Amari Cooper is a top 10 wide receiver and more than deserving of being brought up amongst the elites from a strict talent perspective. I mean, route running, uh, just overall playmaking. He's a great player. However, if you've ever owned Amari Cooper in fantasy football, you cannot tell me that you've enjoyed owning, owning him because it is. I a own role. him right now. And it is a startup. I picked him and I'm regretting it. It is a roller coaster. Plain and simple. Uh, Amari Cooper's type of player that has a drastic ceiling, yet no semblance of a floor from a production perspective, uh, taking over some weeks and putting up goose eggs in others, literal goose eggs, if you want to look at uh, New England, for example, uh, this oh, past year. Dallas went out this offseason and made a humongous splash, adding my overall wide receiver one in this class and uh, CeeDee Lamb to replace our departure Randall Cobb and Jason Witten. While there are plenty of targets to go around, given Mike McCarthy's overall propensity to use wide receiver th- uh, three wide receiver sets over his career, my designation of Cooper as a failure, uh, as a faller, sorry, has more so to do with his inconsistent nature of production and emergence of a player of Lamb's talent ultimately taking over the situation. So the way, basically, in simple terms, I think Lamb is going to end up uh, providing uh, himself or establishing himself, sorry, as the wide receiver one in that offense in a year's time. That's how high I am on his talent. I think when I when I'm looking at it from Dak's perspective. Do I want that guy who's going to be able to produce for me every game or am I going to worry about him? Uh, oh, a guy like uh, Cooper. Oh, is he going to show up on the road? Oh, is he going to play injured this week? There's so many question marks revolving Cooper that when I'm looking at it, Lamb to me is just going to be an elite receiver. It's just I watch him on the field. He's an alpha. He can take it to the house from anywhere on the field. He's got great yak ability. He's consistent, great hands, great body control. I'm looking at it. Lamb to me, again, I, see, I keep saying Lamb to me. He's going to break out. He's going to put up 1,000 yards this year. Dak's going to fall in love with the player of Lamb's ability. So to me here, although I love Cooper's talent, I mean, uh, I'm concerned that once Dak sees this consistency that he's getting from Lamb, he's going to sway off uh, his number one target from Cooper to Lamb. So uh, those are just my takes on it. Obviously, uh, I'm very involved in the situation as a Cowboys fan. I've seen uh, both players – well – Sorry, not both players. I watched Lamb in college, but uh, I've seen Cooper, the way he's played for Dallas. He has the games where he takes over. He has the games where he does nothing. Uh, I just think for, Doc is going to lean on the guy who's going to produce week in, week out, plain and simple. Yeah. So Amari Cooper to me is a little puzzling. And because I, I initially, and I still think this way, I, I think he affects Gallup more, uh, the addition of CeeDee Lamb. I, I think Amari Cooper is established enough, and they let's not forget how much money they paid Amari Cooper. He's the highest paid receiver in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Um, second, I believe either him or Michael Thomas is the highest paid receiver in the league. Either way. I I don't think he is affected as much as, as Gallup is. I think this really, really hinders Gallup's ceiling. And 
Um, the thing that worries me the most about Amari Cooper is he has these game. He not that he has these games. He also has these stretches where he'll be banged up enough to the to the point where he's like missing a game or two, or he's not yeah. effective in a game. Or he's a decoy. That's when you could see a CD Lamb take um, move in towards his target share, even maybe even Michael Gallup. Who knows? Um, it just it just worries me. He's an inconsistent player in general, and I I didn't reach on him in the the redraft or the the start of value. I got him at value, and and I don't like owning Amari Cooper because I've owned him before. But I thought at, at that point it was good, and maybe I'll, I'll offer, I'll send you an offer for Amari Cooper for Terry McLaurin or something after this. Yeah. I'm regretting having him. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, for me especially, like if I'm a court, like obviously I'm not going to compare myself to Dak, but if I'm a quarterback, give me the guy who's going to be consistent week in week out over the guy that can blow out every now and then, right? So uh, I don't know. I'm just looking at it from a logical standpoint. Uh, I feel like Lamb is more of a player who's going Both to Both can be effective, though. I don't want to discount sure. that because, to me, it's, it's, it's kind of similar to, the, to my team because Mike Evans is a lot like Amari Cooper in the sense that he dropped a donut this year, too, and he has before. Um, Amari, like Amari and Evans are both boomer bust receivers, and like if, if CeeDee Lamb becomes anything like Chris Godwin, then the, you were right this whole time. But uh, you could see that kind of um, role for CeeDee Lamb where he plays in the slot and he's, he's um, getting a lot of yards after the catch, which is obviously what he does well. So, But both can exist. I, I think that's why I said I think he affects Gallup more is because I think Cooper's role is a little bit more set in stone than Gallup's is. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I just don't draft. Like we say you can't predict injuries, but some players like it, it just is a thing for who knows what reason. I'm not a doctor or anything, but like you just don't really want to, especially in Dynasty. Um yeah, I don't know. It's interesting the way it's going to affect them because they could easily get rid of Cooper in two years. Maybe so, like they could sign back Gallup for a two-year deal next year with the intention of not bringing back Cooper the following year and then just roll two receivers. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, hopefully, Lamb's rapport with Andy Dalton's good um, because yeah. I mean, you did say that they would have signed back Juju by now if they planned on it. Same scenario with Dak, and you seem like they're pretty set in stone on signing Dak back. So I mean, I don't think Juju's asking for forty million a year. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Dak might get ten million, just like, hey. like Juju might too, with the as long as he holds out here. It's all a term yeah, issue, Dalton. but we won't get into it's that. It's all a term issue. Yep. And you know, I'm pro Andy Dalton, um, elite. I mean, there's no another no other way to cut it. Andy Dalton's gonna be the starter next year. Uh, we'll go ahead and jump into my guy, um, the final guy. Uh, for your viewing pleasure, it's Will Fuller um, for Houston. So uh, we'll start. Wait, with does he have a stock? I, I don't know if he even has a stock. People oh, still think he's good for some reason. Every good, year in the eighth round of redraft, people will take him for some. Like, in terms of the, in the terms then of you talent, got... like your <laughs> talent argument, he is de- like he is most definitely top ten in talent when he plays. Like he is solidified as like the ten. I feel like. It's crazy how much he, like, is a game changer when he plays. But, like, you'd think with all the medical expertise and, like – He's going to pull a Devontae Parker watch. I could yeah, totally like, you would, you would think <laughs> after all these times of, like, the, the, the medical tent and, like, the doctor and stuff, like, they'd figure out some way to, like, whatever the hell is wrong. They've like, memorized his medical yeah. records by yeah, now. Yeah, like, you think no. they'd be able to, like, well, whatever. somehow. All right, Tom, well, whatever. sorry. Well, sorry, I was we'll, just we'll pull her. Uh, one thing. Yeah, I was going to say, for whatever reason, I could just have like a visual in my mind or an audio in my mind that like I could watch like a fantasy pro thing and just hear Bobby Sylvester being like, you know, uh, Will Fuller in the eighth round. I mean, he, he presents a lot of upside. He here. actually don't, doesn't don't like Will think? Fuller. I know for a fact oh, he doesn't. He okay, never well, does. I don't watch him. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, see, anyways, Will Fuller is like when you back out of your driveway uh, and then your car stops about, you know, five seconds into backing up and you get out of the car and you realize all the tires are popped. 
and then another random guy comes up to you and knees you in the nuts. That is basically Will Fuller. Um, and yet some people are really into that, so they just draft Will Fuller. So good on them uh, for boosting his draft stock and letting me being able to just smash the shit out of him in this video. So Brandon Cooks is bringing in 72 receptions uh, from the Rams offense that uh, was vacated there and is now coming into Houston. Um, they didn't necessarily address the wide receiver position. However, uh, Will Fuller, just the unpredictableness of, of the injuries. He's had seven injuries in, in four years. So we're right on the nose with that. That's remarkable um, that he, he's basically averaging almost two injuries a year, which is just crazy. I mean, looking at other guys in that um, in the, in the, uh, the 2016 wide receiver class. So, so Will Fuller only had 13 uh, out of his 14, 42 games uh, reach over 10 points. Um, Sterling Shepard, Tyler Boyd, Michael Thomas, the other highlighted wide receivers in that class. Uh, Shepard, 22, Boyd, 18, Michael Thomas, 45. So Thomas is kind of the outlier. But, I mean, again, other guys that, like, I would much rather have Thomas, uh, Boyd, and, and Sterling Shepard. I mean, these, these are guys that just have way overperformed Will Fuller. And, yes, that's, that's part of the injuries. But um, in that sample size, I mean, he's had 42 games to play in, and it just hasn't been good. I mean, he's only averaged double-digit targets four times in, in those four seasons that he's played, uh, obviously none of them being full. Uh, I even counted two playoff games just, just for the hell of it. Um, and, again, four games where he's had double-digit targets. He can't handle a high workload. Uh, that's just what we're going to see from Will Fuller. And he's going to have to be productive off of those limited targets. Uh, Cooks can kind of slide into the Hopkins role. He's not Hopkins. Settle down comment section. Um, I just can't I, can't I can't buy into him. Anyone that's – and that's the issue. The reason I still have to put him in this video is because people still buy into the fact that, oh, he's going to be wide receiver two for Deshaun Watson. Cool. Yeah, he's also the wide receiver two for Bob, so I'm good. You can add me to that list, Tyler, because the more I think about this, the more that I'm actually liking Will Fuller. I'm not oh, even kidding. No, I'm not I, even kidding. Uh, let me let me No no, no okay, here, here, here here's the thing. Go I'm first. not gonna draft him anywhere in a startup. I might take a shot at him and redraft, and this is why. Because you said you can't predict injuries. Well, for Will Fuller, you can. He's going to get it. <laughs> He's going to miss yeah. six plus games. But when I think about, and I, I bet Lucas is probably going to bring this up right now, the vacated production that DeAndre Hopkins left behind. That's Will more. Fuller is the only receiver on that roster worth, I guess Kenny Stills is too, but worth a damn that has the t type of connection he has with Deshaun Watson. If Will Fuller somehow pulled a Devontae Parker and stayed healthy for would anyone be shocked if he had 1,200 yards and, like, eight touchdowns? Well, yes, I would. The thing, like, okay, he's going to get injured. The thing where I draft him is, like, we say it all the time, you have to get to the playoffs to win your fantasy league. Like, okay, fantasy is locked. Like, stuff can happen. But if you can consistently make it to the playoffs, drafting Will Fuller wins you two games. Those two games he plays and puts up 30-plus points. Like, it, it's but those games up. had DeAndre Hopkins on the field. That's exactly. the thing that, that intrigues me a little bit. It's just like DeAndre Hopkins is gone, up, and though. he already has that type of connection with with. Watson. So, like by drafting Will Fuller, just plan the back end of your draft. Like, if you're good enough at drafting, you should be able to make up that like. Yeah. Injuries. Like he's going in what maybe the tenth round in redraft. Yeah, if he's draft. going there, like I'll take a shot on me. If he's a sixth, seventh round pick, I'm not fucking picking him. And in Dynasty, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna be off him in Dynasty. Take him in the thirteenth round. Like, who the hell are you taking in the thirteenth round that has that upside that he does? Yeah, sure. that like if he's a it depends. It all depends on ADP, right? Price, Everyone yeah. knows this. If I'm, I would draft fucking Derrick Henry if he was yeah. if he fell to the fifth round. Like I like like yeah. the issue is is like with with Fuller and and we bring up the Hopkins thing. There's been times where Hopkins maybe hasn't played a game. Uh, it's really it's a rarity, so it's like it's hard to find those games. But I think uh, when I was di diving through these research in those four in those four seasons uh, for Will Fuller. 
Um, I think Hopkins missed two games, and surprise, Will Fuller was not in those games because he was injured. So, <laughs> yeah, it, we just don't even have that sample size. And I yeah, really the, wish we did. The but. injury risk is obvious. Like, I, that's the only like had he like. I, I know we could say if he stays healthy, he's not going to stay healthy. But yeah. if by some miracle he plays 13 games or something, I, I'm I'm willing to bet on the fact that he's going to be more valuable than some people are anticipating right now. If by it some miracle he plays 10 games. Everyone, everyone gets so mad when he gets hurt. And then, like, everyone's like, did you not expect that? Like, yeah, no, I totally expect him to miss out. Like, that's why I said 13 games and not 16, because I don't think there's a fucking chance in hell he plays 16 games. Well, yeah, it, it's like drafting Jordan Reed to uh, to play your number one tight end. Yeah, Anyways. the breakout year. <laughs> Tyler Eifert, everyone's like, it's his year. Vacated yeah. production, it's his year. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we might want to get out of here now. Yeah, so anyways, that's going to wrap up uh, wide receivers on the downfall. Uh, that's all four of our guys, uh, our takes. Um, if you liked the video, leave a like. If if you liked it so much that you felt the need to watch more, uh, dive on in. Yesterday, we just posted wide receivers on the up. So maybe you could have some positive news to your day instead of this negativity we just gave you. Uh, <laughs> if you have any uh, recommendations, uh, that any things uh, that you felt different about uh, about the video, leave it in the comments, um, and we'll have Danny yell at you there. So, uh, guys, it's going to wrap it up. Any final thoughts, uh, gentlemen? Yeah. And don't be afraid to give us ideas for videos, too. If, yeah, you, if there's stuff you want to know about, that we'll, like, we'll do the work, we'll research it, and we'll, we'll bring the content, or the quality content, I should say. And don't be afraid to live your dreams. Hey, yeah. Just uh, be careful. If you're going to bring up uh, some Doc versus Wentz crap in the comments, I'll, I'll complain. Yeah, at you. They're the, <laughs> both the two most toxic fan bases yeah, in the this, league. Because so. right everyone thinks Brady's better than Manning because Super Bowl, so that way Wentz is better than He Dak. is better than Manning, sorry. Yeah, well, well, you mean Nick Foles? Hey, Wentz has a ring. Yeah, Wrap Foles it up. It. Yeah, so does David right. Carr. We'll, yeah. we'll get into this off, uh, off camera. I hope you guys enjoyed the oh, video, and uh, peace out.